Right, um, so theme today is How Big Is Your Faith, part two. So when I was um, standing up here um, in October, I talked about How Big Is Your Faith. Um, anybody remember what these were? Pardon? Mustard seeds, absolutely. So um, I can't remember how many we uh, did some kind of attempt at counting them actually, but that was more to... Uh, um, point out how tiny they are. So we talked about the life of a mustard seed and how that can be like our faith, how it starts off as a really tiny um, seed. And then as Mark's, Mark 4, verses 31 to 32 said, our faith is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. So we looked at that and looked at faith and the journey of the seed through to the tree and concluded that we shouldn't be asking for a great faith. Um, what we should be asking for is faith the size of a mustard seed so that we can see God do great things with us. So this is just an opportunity to explore faith a bit further. Um, so can I ask Jenny to bring us our first reading, please? Into 29. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the Lord arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, he throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often, often thrown him into a fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd was running into the scene, he rebuked in impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked and convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him lifted him up to his feet and he stood up after Jesus had gone indoors his disciples asked him privately why couldn't you drive it out he replied this can only come out only by prayer Amen Thanks, thanks Jenny um, I didn't realise how long that passage was actually so thank you for reading that and Jenny literally only uh, saw it as she came into church this morning, so uh, well done. 
There's a lot of gnashing of teeth in the Bible, isn't there? Just realise that. The number of times somebody's gnashing their teeth, it just, there's a bit of a theme there. I never counted them, but um, it just occurred to me listening to that. So this is Jesus coming down from the mountain with the three disciples after the transfiguration. And then he finds the other nine arguing with the teachers of the law because they failed to heal the boy possessed by a spirit. And the disciples are masters of imperfect faith. And it's great that we have some stories about those disciples because, and their faltering faith because I know, for me, it helps me feel better about my own faith. Um, so it's, it's nice to see that. Um, not it's nice to see failure, but it gives you a bit of comfort, doesn't it? Um, so the question is, why did they fail? Um, if we go back to Mark 6, there's a different experience for them. Um, Jesus has sent his disciples out two by two as his witnesses and to do his work. So Mark 6, verses 7 and 12 to 13. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So it wasn't that long ago that they'd had success with the very same thing. So what's the difference this time? And Jesus answered that question at the end in verses 28 to 29. Um, And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. So it was another teaching moment for the disciples, this was. What is true prayer but faith and dependence upon God? Our prayers aren't perfect, but they do reflect our need for God. And the disciples have just acted like they don't need God or his power and presence. They acted as if they could do it on their own and in their own strength. So have you ever tried to live the Christian life and fulfill the commands of God in your own strength? Do you ever try to serve God but forget to pray? And do you sometimes feel more sufficient than you really are? This is imperfect faith. And this is Jesus telling the disciples they're doing it all wrong. And that's also the answer to our own imperfect faith, to turn more to Jesus. Um, I love that little, um, little snippet there, Mark 9, 23. Everything is possible for one who believes. So God will always challenge us, but whatever he asks us to do, he'll always equip us to do it. I have a pebble, um, which I think I've had for about three or four years now. Um, we got it spring harvest, and I kind of carry it around with me. It's looking a bit worn now. Um, in fact, I had to wash it because it had turned blue with the denim in my jeans. But um, <laughs> um, what it's, it's Mark 9.23. Um, And it says all things are possible to him who believes. So it's kind of, it's one of the things I always have in my head. Because 12 years ago I wasn't an active Christian. I hadn't been to church on a regular basis for more than 30 years. Um, And if you'd have suggested 12 years ago that I'd be standing up here doing this, I'd have been straight out the door really quickly. Um, Faster um, than Ethan ran out the door to junior church, I think. Um, but I've, I've done it and I feel as though God's been working through me for the past few years and challenging me but also equipping me. So I've done all sorts of things that I wouldn't have expected I could have ever done. Um, but God's always equipped me to do it. So everything is possible if we believe and if it's in God's plan. Okay. I think that takes us on to, yeah, can I ask Roland to bring us our second reading then please?
The second reading is from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat and the wind died down, then those who were in the boats worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. Thank you, Roland. So, um, walking on water, um, worship songs. So there's some great worship songs that I really love singing. Um, 10,000 Reasons, Cornerstone, Saviour of the World, Build Your Kingdom Here. Really, really powerful songs and really get you into worshiping the Lord. Um, but then there's also songs which maybe not quite as powerful, maybe not necessarily quite as well known that I really feel God is speaking to me. Um, and, and quite often those God moments that I have personally are either through dreams or through music. Um, and there's certain specific songs where I've really felt the presence of God and I've really felt that message and I've felt that God's talking to me. And I have um, shared some of those with you before so break every chain um, come as you are there is a day Holy Spirit you're welcome here all those songs are kind of um, when I'm listening to them or singing them I feel as though God's talking to me so <clears throat> another one is uh, Oceans by Hillsong so what we're going to do now is have a bit something we don't do very often is have a bit of reflection time so the health warning is this song, this video clip is nine minutes long. Okay? Um, it worked for Queen. They said they couldn't do Bohemian Rhapsody as a single, and, it, and they got to number one, so, and I did have the single. Um, so, um, what I'd like you to do is just um, reflect on that Bible reading we've just had, um, the words in that reading. Um, take some time for a bit of personal reflection and just... The, the words will be on the screen and just kind of let the music flow over you. And then um, if anybody wants to share anything at the end of the music, then Colin's got the radio mic in case anybody wants to, to share anything in a bit. Okay, All right. Thanks, Andy. Okay, so I'm just going to read a bit from uh, another bit from Matthew. So this is Matthew 8, verses 23 to 27. Um, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. 
but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. So in both the, the reading we had, the last reading we had, and in this section of uh, Matthew, um, Jesus ends up in a boat with the disciples, and the ship was one of the earliest forms uh, in symbols of Christianity. And this story kind of indicates why it was attractive. When surrounded by adversity, safety and salvation, sorry, when surrounded by adversity, safety and salvation are experienced in the church with Jesus in its midst. But a ship isn't a static symbol, so it's a vehicle that we used to get somewhere so we don't just sit in the boat. Um, and that's a bit like the church, really. Um, this is a place we want to be because it, we've got the safety of feeling as though we're sat in a boat and we've got the comfort of Jesus, but actually we need to keep moving. So if we're going to grow our faith, that boat needs to keep moving. It's not a static object. So just going back to the, um, the second reading, um, stepping out of the boat. So Peter's the man, isn't he? He's not always the best he can be. He's equally the man that Jesus says he'll build his church on but he's also the man that denied Jesus three times in his greatest hour of need. But he's the man we see Jesus through. He's the one willing to ask the hard questions, say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, and ex- really explore what it means to be a disciple. So in, in the story, Jesus sent the disciples ahead of him, even though they're traveling together. He wants some uh, kind of me time, a bit, a bit of his own uh, quiet time. He wants to go to the mountainside and pray, um, and he'll meet them later. And then they encountered a rough passage across the water and close to dawn, Jesus started walking across the water to them. They get scared because they think he's a ghost. And Peter has a desire to be with Jesus. He wants to trust Jesus. And through Jesus' encouragement, he steps out on the water. He wants to walk on water, so he gets out of the boat. He knows that if he wants to change, to grow, to understand, to be more like Jesus, that he has to leave the boat. He has to get on the water. But when Peter sees the wind, his courage falters and he loses his vision. So it's quite easy to focus on Peter's failure, the fact that he tried to walk on water but it didn't work. Um, But actually in between getting out of the boat and experiencing that fear, Peter walks on water. So it's the story of a human who's so focused on Jesus that he did what Jesus did. He performed a miracle and Peter actually walked on water. He put his faith out there by taking a risk and he put it into practice. So I don't know whether you were, um, I know everyone likes to catch up just before the service starts, so we had a song on just before the start of the service, when we normally have a countdown marker on, which is a song called The Voice of Truth by Casting Crowns. So it actually covers two parts of the Bible, it covers the walking on water and um, David slaying Goliath. Um, So I'll just read the lyrics, because Casting Crowns actually use the lyrics to explain how the context and the situation impacted Peter. Oh, what I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat I'm in, onto the crashing waves, to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand. But the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me, reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The waves, they keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you'll never win, you'll never win. 
So from Peter's perspective in the songs, the waves are laughing at him, um, like those who laughed at Jesus on the cross. Um, And this is the way that the wind causes Peter to lose sight of his goal of walking with Jesus. This is the way that seemed impossible, then became doable, and then became a moment of failure again. So what do those waves look like for you? When you're motivated to follow Jesus, what gets in the what gets in the way of that opportunity? And there are lots of waves. So there's like the wave of habits. Um, decide we need to do a bit of exercise, start a diet, get into the habit of doing it, maybe lose a few pounds, become a bit fitter, and then we get sick or we go on holiday, um, and that pattern of behaviour gets broken. And then even when regular life resumes again, we don't, don't always get back on track. We don't always get in that habit. The wave of our lives in faith. So we don't go to church perhaps because of sickness or holiday or work or something. And then suddenly it's, we could go to church rather than we do go to church. It, it becomes a question rather than a habit. Um, the wave of our doubts. So we should love the Lord our God with our, our whole heart, mind, body and strength. But what happens when we let experts, media, others' opinions get in between what we learn about God and what we experience in our hearts and what other people say. And the wave of our pasts, specifically our mistakes, often cloud how we behave in the present. Too often we only look at the negative, remembering our failure and figuring out that the failures will continue and will never grow. So Peter probably had all this going through his mind as he stepped onto the water. Um, What are the other disciples going to say? I've never walked on water before. What happens if I sink? But the story doesn't end with Peter's failing. It ends with a profession of faith because Peter cries out with the simplest of prayers. Remember, prayer at its most basic is recognizing that we can't do it on our own. We need God. As Peter cries, Lord, save me, and Jesus does. He comes through where Peter couldn't. Peter couldn't stay focused. He couldn't complete his own hopes and dreams to be with Jesus without Jesus himself helping him. So as Lee said before, if you want to walk on water, you have to get out the boat. But you can get out the boat time and time again and still face the same winds, the same waves, the same problems. Um, If you're not willing to put it all on Jesus, you're going to keep sinking. So you don't need to do this on your own. You just need to admit that you can't do it on its own and you need God. So do do you know that God is calling you out of safety into risk and challenge for the kingdom of God? Are you moving into further belief and a deeper understanding? Um, the casting crown goes on. It's, it's a bit negative, the, the verse, because it ends up with the waves laughing at him. But there's the, the chorus to that song says, um, but the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. The voice of truth says, this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. So just to uh, finish, um, just a few questions, comments. So how is your walk with God today? If you met Jesus today and he told you to get out of the boat and walk on the water, would you? Is your faith that strong that you place your ultimate trust in God? And just remember that this ship that is, that is, that is our church This is where we want to be to keep moving, to keep growing our faith. So today, let's step out of faith, see those waves, and in the name of God, trust that they will hold no power over us. Okay, amen.